Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Bonjour now. And this week is no exception as we roll into another episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, hot off the tails of the last three episodes where we've done... With Nicholas Cage, mate. Nicholas Cage with The Rock, with Face Off and then Con Air. Just the holy trinity of nine uh, of the, the the 90s action trilogy that is uh, Nicolas Cage's... Um, Pierce to the Resistance? I, I think so. Maybe. I think so, maybe. He's crowning achievement. I mean, well, he's not his Oscar winner. He's, he's not Mandy. He's got the Oscar. He's not Mandy. But however, he's like, did you ever change faces with John Spock? And everyone would be like, no. He'd be like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Cage does have three titanic movies under his belt in the mid-90s. And they, of course, The Rock, Face Off and Con Air that we've talked about in the last three weeks. So we're going to... I suppose relax a little bit from the films and the the play by plays, the deep dives into the films that we've been doing recently, mm. and maybe just catch up with a bit of news, yeah. just, just a bit of general chit chat, which we've been known to do. These are light-hearted episodes, the ones that I, I so they can go either way. Yes, they can go either way. They could be. I think we can pull out some of our most philosophical and most deep, meaningful conversation in these episodes, where yeah. we dig deep into who we are and what we believe in, and you know, really just try and put swing out there that means something and other times we just make dick jokes and yeah, just talk yeah. a load of crap so it, it, it could go either way James this week <laughs> maybe a bit both maybe hopefully <laughs> maybe we'll get deep into our day. I did tease uh, last week that I had seen two TV series that you had recommended yeah. and I was going to wait till this week so right off the bat right I'm going to start there where are you going to start I'm going to start there so a couple of weeks back you went Aaron, I've been watching this awesome TV show. Oh, it's a bit of you, you said. You said, Aaron, it's a bit of you. Yeah, do you know what? I still maintain that. I still think it's a bit of you. And this, you, you, your slight roll of the eyes has, has put me back a little bit. No, this was this was uh, Devil's Hour. Devil's Hour, starring some great British talent, and you know I'm a whore for Peter Capola. He could come around mm. my house, defecate, and I'd still make him a bro. He's that tier, mate. He's a, he's a good doctor. He was a great doctor. He was one of my underrated doctors. I think he's also come into his own with like the thick of it as well, being the mouthy guy. Gone on to Hollywood. He's mm. appearing in things. Now, mate, they're making TV shows about him that are definitely kind of like Doctor Who. They're he called in, The Devil's Heart. He was in, he was in, Devil's, uh, he was in Suicide Squad. The good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like oh, I like no. Capaldi. Um, yeah, you you sold it to me. Said it's a bit of you. It's a six parter on Amazon. It's Amazon original on Prime at the moment. Um, it centers around a lady who has a son, a mother, and she's waking up in the middle of the night, three thirty three every night That's with nightmares cool. and visions or premonitions or deja vu. What is it? What's going on? Um, and there's, it's a non linear storyline over six episodes where um, we're we follow her, we follow a detective, we follow um, some murders that are happening and we keep flashing what we believe is forward to almost, in, to almost an interrogation where Peter Capaldi is a prisoner, almost like some time-travelling, clairvoyant... Doctor Who. Doctor Who, <laughs> yes. yeah. And and he may or may not know things before they're going to happen and has been somewhat of a vigilante and it's all tied up together in a six-part mystery on Amazon, which at times I felt was great and awesome and really intriguing. And I did find myself, the best thing on a six-parter is when you end an episode and you talk about it. Yes. And you go, oh, do you think it's this? I think he's that. I think this is what he's actually done. And I think she's going to do this. And what's, what, what's with the son? Why is he acting that way? Of course I asked and nailed this. Her first theory. You know when you watch that first episode and you, you turn to the partner or your housemate or your mm. friend and you go, I think it's a bit of this. Mm. And then there you go, I think it's a bit of this. And then two episodes later, you realise you're so wrong. You could have even been even more wrong. The the character that you said is going to pivot on everything turned out to be a bit part, and that character never appears again. 
Nice to hear you nail on the head. It's like first time. Yeah, I got bits of it and I didn't get other bits. Mm. And then I got the gist. I got, I kind of, I suppose I got the idea that the premise that the whole thing centered around pretty early on. Um, and I did enjoy it. It's a bit like the butterfly effect, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, the, the, it's this idea that um, what you do or do not do may have ripple effects and may have consequences further down the line. But if you were able to somehow manipulate those things, would it change for the good or the, or, or for the worse, you know? And, and, yeah, ask some good questions. My only criticism of the show, and he's going to be also my criticism to the rig, is I felt like the what was revealed in episode six would have been much more enjoyable if it was revealed in episode, say, five. Yeah. So we had a bit longer to play with yep. what it was. And, yeah, you know, try that, not yeah. to spoil it for anyone that's going to go and watch it. So I, I felt like they left it to the last episode to, to reveal its hand and say, this is it. And it then didn't give us enough time to enjoy that and play with it and think, well, if that's the rules of this story, then you could do X, Y, and Z. And and I really wish we'd got there sooner so we could have had a bit more. Could have enjoyed it more, like the ah moment, you know, the aha mm. moment where you go, oh, that's what it means. And then you think back to the other episodes and you go, I agree with you. Instead of saving it for the last one, it would have been a really good idea to, because then, I don't know about you, did you watch them? Quite close together. Um, That's when I actually did like one episode one for a, a week. One a night, yeah, for six yeah. nights. I quite enjoyed it. I didn't, almost didn't want to rush it. That's what I've liked. Do you know what was really weird is, and I'm going to go off a little bit here. You know Netflix? Yes. Netflix's new plan to basically stop password sharing. I actually, when I go back to something like Happy Valley, now, by the time this has come out, Happy Valley, the series finale that we were talking about last week is already out, but we record two nights in the episode, so I still haven't seen the finale yet. So we'll be talking about that in... Three weeks' time, when I'm splooting about how awesome it was. But it's been fun. I imagine it's like Game of Thrones, getting together. Did you know, on the BBC website now, that and the news websites are reporting that, basically Lincoln, uh, England's going into like a semi-lockdown because everyone's going to be watching this series. Don't you miss that? Like a one-a-week episode where you go back and watch it? Because I was always the opposite. I was always a big fan of If I want it, I pay for it on demand. I should get it when I want. Mm. It's actually quite fun waiting a week. Then you particulate in your brain. Also means cliffhangers are actual cliffhangers and you don't have to... See, to me, to me, maybe not a week, James. What I would yeah, like I is maybe three days. Fair enough. And then I want the next one. My favourite TV show would be released on a Monday, a Thursday, and then back to a Monday it's again. It's like Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love the street, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, yeah, I do, I do. I've quite enjoyed it. I'm now looking for the, my next six-parter. Yeah, and I think six is great. And again, I've always said this, the fact that we Brits only do it like two, three series and we only do six. Mm. Very rare we'll get into the door digits. L- Luther was brilliant for that. And as Luther went on, they did even less episodes. Yeah, they're so, like really going to make you weird. <laughs> um, so I think there's some great performances. Uh, Drew Barrymore said something a few weeks ago. When the we often, Razzies, we often go to Drew Barrymore, don't we? <laughs> when the Razzies basically have said, um, they announced a young, young girl. The Firestarter, which the I thought it's about. Starter, yes. Oh, and of course, Drew Barrymore played that character. And Drew Barrymore said that that is, is bullying, that she's been nominated for a Razzie. Mm. And do you know what? I think and that's something I've been guilty of. I had a bit of soul search. And I went, do you know what? I slag off child actors constantly. And do you know what? That's wrong of me. So I'm going to stop doing that. You've bettered yourself. I've bettered myself. And the reason I'm coming on to this is because the child who's 
the the the, the character's name in this is the child Isaac Benjamin Shivers. He's brilliant. He's so good. Like that kid genuinely terrifies the stoic performance. Shit out yeah, of he me. doesn't emote, does he? That's his yeah. thing. He, the mum is worried. The mum in this is played uh, Lucy, played by Jessica Rain. She's gonna be so big. She's very she's, good. She's very, very good. good. Uh, I think, and and that that child Isaac was brilliant. Great acting in this film, that, uh, in this TV series. I really did enjoy it. I'm glad that you liked it. I can see the criticism and I do agree with that. The last episode would have been better had you had more time to play with it instead of basically getting the mm. story that's basically just thrown at you in this interrogation scene. Alex Ferns, though, is my runaway who played in the UK, famously played Trevor in EastEnders. Um, is, do you remember if, you, if, if you're not from the UK, the only way I can describe this he is... He was the biggest... Villain. He was the biggest villain. It, it, so he played a character. He was a, an abusive uh, character. Um, Trevor. And he, Trevor. who he married to the nicest person. The, the sweetest Mo. little Mo. And he was so toxic and abusive to her. And, and the Cushended. UK was in uproar because he was getting away with... Do you remember that Christmas day, mate? Do you remember he made her a Christmas dinner and she had it with her family. So he made her eat it. Did he reheat it? No, he shoved her face in it. And we, as a society, said we will not accept Trevor anymore. And it, and it destroyed his career. He it did. It, it was it was one of them instances where it was too he, unlikable. He, yeah, <laughs> he was then cast. He was cast as a. I always say this. He, there was an ITV drama after that. He was set on a boat. A boat. Wasn't yeah, it? he was and a naval he, commander, and he got cancelled after two episodes because people were like that dick. I'm not and, watching and him. It, but now look at him. Now yeah. look at him. He's Chernobyl in, in the Batman. The Batman movie. Yeah. It was in this. He was in weird. Uh, Andor just recently. He's weird that he's like, he's like, oh my god, I need to save my career because I need to like get food on the table. What am I going to do? I'm going to put on weight and grow, grow a beard, <laughs> and it's worked, mate. He he he's work. Yeah, he works in this. He, he... His, his role is in Wrath of Man. Don't you remember his Wrath of Man? Is to be kind of like the equal to Jason Statham because Jason Statham took his took his job on the team. He's like, fuck off, Trevor, from EastEnders. <laughs> of course he was in Rapper Man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I completely forgot about yeah, that Guy like, Ritchie movie. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll get back on the team. Yeah, of course you're Trevor from EastEnders. You're definitely, he's one of those people though, that his acting was so good and we, and we, he's burnt onto the British mind so much that mm. I don't, he's Trevor from EastEnders and EastEnders has got the best ones because Barry from EastEnders goes by Barry from EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah, you're just synonymous now with that character yeah. that you played. But it's it's bad, isn't it, when you're that good a villain and you're that hated in a performance that, that, that real life destroys your career. Yeah, yeah. and you know, there's some people like I. I genuinely was. I don't know how Ray Fiennes got casted anything after Schindler's List. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and he got Voldemort, which kind of makes sense, I guess. But <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, what was the guy? The guy who played, um, is it Percy in Green Mile? Yes. Only, that, uh, that guy. He'll never be in a rom-com. No. <laughs> he'll always be an arsehole. Um, I also watched The Rig on your, you, you said you right. started it. I said I'd watched one episode and I said, it's, it's verging to Supernatural. Have you seen it all? I've, I've watched it all. Okay. I have watched it all. And I'm going to say this now, and we said this, the, the talent available to the British TV industry right now mm. is fucking phenomenal. Now, what you when you watch this, you're going to go, why has the cast of Game of Thrones smashed itself together with a cast from Line of Duty? Well, I have to give you the TV show Rig. Now, it's weird you talk about bastards because there's some big names in it. But fucking, if you didn't see Mark Addy as TV's arsehole of the week <laughs> coming, notoriously lovable, just coming out of nowhere, he's like, do you know what? I haven't played an oil tycoon prick recently. Love me. A Mark Addy side, mate, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's also got Owen Teal in it, who probably most famous again from Line of Duty. I'm pretty certain I'm pretty certain he was in um 
other things. <laughs> no, uh, Game of Thrones. He looks like a night watchman. He looks like he was up <laughs> he in protecting the wall. He <laughs> might not have been, but fuck me, he looks like he could have been. Um, yeah, it is great. I mean, I suppose at the helm of this, you got Ian Glenn from, from Game of Thrones. And other things. He was, he was also in those shit Resident Evil films. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. I know. And then he was so popular on Game of Thrones, they brought him back. And uh, Martin Compston, most famous, I suppose, from, from Line of Duty. Um, the film, uh, the TV series, sorry, is another six-parter on Amazon, and it takes place on an, a remote Scottish oil rig. Can I just say that that as a location is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. That's brilliant. A horror movie set on a rig, brilliant. And you've seen this horror movie. It was called The Fog. Yeah. You've seen the horror movie called The Thing. Yep. Right, so the film it start the, the TV series starts with a fog coming over the oil rig, which prevents them from being able to di- to to go off. Their end of shift has come. The helicopters can't come out to bring the, the to take the workers People home. Annoyed, People are annoyed. <laughs> They're locked down. They think it's only going to be short term because the fog is. But the fog brings in something. It brings in a mysterious ash, and anyone who's got an open wound may become infected with this. So it's very much like the fog meets the thing. Because then mm. there's even a bit where they're like, "Oh, we can even, we can work out who's infected by using their blood." I'm like, I've seen this film. Yep, I've seen what happens when you tie them all down to the chairs. Um, just just any excuse to relive the thing. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, though, it shoots itself when it's fucking face mate <laughs> it, it, it starts with the pedigree of films like The Fog and The Mist and um, and The Thing that's right I did say The Mist was good it's probably not and then it was somewhat somewhere by the fourth episode it goes I know what film I want to I know I know what I want to take inspiration from Dave the Triffids <laughs> The Happening <laughs> do you know what I, I, I'm not joking it's genuinely it was like series episode one I was like this is fucking brilliant yeah episode two I was like oh, this is losing its way. Yeah. And, and then as the episode went on, I was like, fuck me, what's this? Episode three, interested again. Episode four, started to lose it. Episode five, and Mark Addy. was like, fucking this is peaked. What I still don't fucking understand the last episode. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I stopped the, episode, the last episode with about 15 minutes to go because I was slightly bored and I wanted to go to bed. And I was like, I'll probably finish this tomorrow. And I, I didn't even have it in me to finish the last 15. It starts off with so much promise. and Too much some, promise. <laughs> there's some you know like it's a it's a TV show with a budget there, there's some effects where you're like you can tell it's not shot on a on, a, on an oil rig and the first half an hour could be a murder mystery on a rig which yeah, I, which which I, I thought, thought it was, was going to be gonna yeah. <laughs> because the fog comes in and I thought oh someone will die and they won't be able to leave now because the police can't come in or anything so they're all trapped on it and there's a killer and it was going to be like a like a murder mystery like yeah. who killed this guy and it sets up when two men go up a building and one of them falls off yeah. and the other one comes down and it's like, it's non plus. Like, so there's a question, did he throw him off so he'll be the main villain? No. Something like the Cult of Cthulhu is where you're going, which yeah. is fucking weird. It relies heavily on a certain character, um, Emily Hampshire, who plays Rose. I think she was in... She's in Schmidt's Creek. Schmidt's Creek, yeah. Um, She's not very good at it. I'm gonna she, say it that. relies on her having this knowledge of... Which, world history she pulls out of her ass I know she just get off it. oh this is like <laughs> yeah, this is like 700 million years ago when yeah, this happened when they go oh my god these are the these are the five these are the five extinction <laughs> events and I was like I googled it and they're real but I was like who knows well, that I was, shit I was like one it's like what? why is the rig taught me this <laughs> It was weird. I was expecting like series four for Cthulhu to just show up because because that's where I was like, this is surely where it's going. Weirdly, mm. doesn't go either. Doesn't dive straight ahead into monsters and doesn't at all go anywhere near murder mystery, which and, I genuinely and the problem thought there it was. Is it sits in the middle grey ground of boring. <laughs> yes. Do you know it's it's weird when it, on episode 
four, I think it was, the most interesting character was the loony that they locked up <laughs> because he was raving. And actually, by the fourth episode, I thought he's got a point. Get, I'd also get off out. that, like, <laughs> get off that oil rig. Because I... the, the villains weren't, or the, I suppose the 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 microbes. the, the microbe, the alien <laughs> invader. It was boring. Yes, and then the people on the oil rig were just being boring. I was like, someone do something. Well, what I love about it is there's, there's a scene where someone infected basically is on the second part of the rig and everyone's fine to just leave him there. They're like, yeah, just leave him there. They're growing their own shit. But but where's where's the threat? They're like, yeah, leave him. Yeah, see you later. We just locked the gate. <laughs> just, just like, what are you up to? Oh, I can't wait to go home and see the missus. There is a really cool bit where the fog leaves mm. and it goes to the mainland. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be really cool. What's going to happen? Don't mind, because we never find out. We, six times I was saying, we still don't know. So. Yeah. And, and you know, there's an oil rig. The rig series two is being sold, they reckon. Oh, God. I don't understand how. I don't understand how it ended. There's there's a there's a part in it as well where there's an oil rig that you can see in the distance. They're part they're Bravo side. Yes. And um Mark Addy's side. Mark Addy's side. And it blows up and they're all like, oh shit. Do you want to help him? Like, no, no, no. No. At, <laughs> at no point would I be like, bollocks, we're next. Or like, I've got friends on there. They're all just like, oh, that that's terrible. Mm. You know, the acting wasn't that great in it, to be fair. It wasn't for the for the caliber they had. I've got to admit, I think the first episode was really good. It asked enough questions to get me picked. But that second episode just drove off a fucking truck. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it was the acting fault. I mean, like you say, the caliber's there. I, I it, ju- it just wasn't... It, it felt like a particular writer on this TV series has a real hard-on for the sort of... It was like, oh, no, yeah, they said, you know, these... The Macedonian yeah. extinction event. Oh, people would love people this People have been shit. extinct before, and oh, wouldn't it be great? Like, you know, real deep sci-fi shit. Mm. You're like, oh, yeah, it's a microorganism that, you know, turns oil back into, like, its most you know, organic substance. And, it, it, oh, oh, audiences will love this. I don't know. No, I, I I maintain that it was all right. In places, good. In some places, and I'm talking about like the, the 20 part, twenty minutes in the first episode and maybe the last episode were really good. Mm. What I don't understand is, a bit of a spoiler here, and I don't want to go too much into spoiler. At one point, uh, Mark Alley admits to basically sacrificing the entire crew of the other place. Massive serial killer. Massive serial But also what I love about this is that doesn't alarm anyone on the current rig and they're like, oh, just let him walk around and do it. Yeah. <laughs> or even, just like, just like, what if he tries it again on this one? Which spoilers? He does. But yeah. no one goes, no. <laughs> and also there's a bit where he, he sets off three of the guys on a side quest which results in one of them dying. Yeah. And the one it. that comes back doesn't go, I'm fucking happy now yeah, for that. I'm going to kill you. In fact, he saves his life. Like, <laughs> so that's what we wanted. Uh, no, I agree with you. I liked the first episode. I genuinely did. I thought, where is this going? And where it, when it didn't go there, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt because it was different. They're, they're doing fucking anything else like the rig on TV. Yeah. So, so to be fair, I gave it a shot and it, right. it wasted its shot. There's like. a niche for oil rig dramas, sci-fi mm. alien dramas. Yeah. Um, let's talk about DC because James Gunn has basically done what... Oh, I just take me out of to him. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a James Gunn fan. I, 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 I like I like his films and everything, but I'm not I'm not saying like he's the savior. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I, is, you I know. know a lot of people who think that he is. Yeah, <laughs> so. but I do like what he's done. He's come out on video and he's like, before the rumors start, I will tell you what's happening. This is what we're doing, and I fucking love that. When did you get this? Did you find this online? At something like I'm not joking. So there's a listener, my old boss at work at Sainsbury's, Scott, messaged me the same thing twice at like mm. really early hours of the morning, like. So this is for you, Scott, for waking me up. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw the video that Gunn released and then a uh, six-minute video and watched through it. So I've got some notes from that, which we're just going to talk through. But um, yeah, I love this. Now, I do think what, D- what Warner and DC will now do is say, right, Gunn, stop talking. Yeah, you Go need- back behind the camera because yeah. this isn't the James Gunn show. 
you know, like Kevin Feige's been behind everything since Iron Man. He only really came into the limelight when Avengers started happening. I don't think they're going to want Gunn to be the complete poster boy for this relaunch. So I think this is also, just before we go into it, I think Kevin, uh, James Gunn has been incredibly clever here. And what I mean by that is, is I do think, and we're going to disagree on this, but I think superhero fatigue is settling in. Mm. Mar- Far- Marvel Phase 4? Phase 5? Phase 4. We're 5 now, aren't we? 5. Has not been received well. It's not. Oh, four was four's just gone, but we're going oh, to five, yeah. So, like, you know, Thor Rag, not Thor Rag, Thor. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Has not been well received. We liked it, but, like, critics haven't, audiences haven't, like, as much as Ragnarok. Even, like, Doctor Strange 2, they haven't had, like, the big hit. The thing, the biggest hit was, Chan, was I was going to say, Chan-Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh, Chan-Chi, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably the biggest hit they've had, culturally, um, and at the box office, and uh, critically. I think they're waning a bit. People are, like, seriously considering so they've now they see there's an error and they go right James Gunn's like now this is the time to strike people mm. are talking about us anyway because we've had the casting issues no one's really sure what's going to happen with the IPs that you've already made and sent out like we know Aquaman's already been made we know Flash has already been made are you going to dump these mm. so he's come out and he's kind of like this is what we're doing trust us you'll love it I think it's a great timing I think I think the timing alone has actually been quite well played I'm going to put it out there now with the next phase of Marvel the big thing is Ant-Man looks like he dies in the I Ant-Man movie. I've been saying that for years. You can't flesh that off. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to it. Okay. He doesn't die. Cool. He comes back in Secret Wars after everyone's believed he's been dead all this time. He comes back in Secret Wars and he unveils how to get rid of Kang. So he will learn the secret in this film. Presumed dead. Audiences and, and superheroes alike will think Ant-Man is dead. And he will come into Secret Wars. He'll be the big surprise at the end of Secret Wars. And he'll be like, guys, I know how to defeat this guy. Okay. Sure. I'll That's what I think's that. happening. Do you want to irritate me about that? That means to understand that, I'll have to watch Ant-Man and I'll then have to watch Secret Wars, which I don't want to do. I'm not that interested. That's the problem. When, like, So the first Marvel phase is fine. You only have to watch them like four movies and you get an Avengers film. This last phase has been, and in my opinion, people aren't talking about this, are fucking ridiculous. The amount of films I have to watch and TV shows is ridiculous. Well, I, I, I think the next phase of, of of paper looks really interesting. With it Marvel. does, but I'm worried about the stuff that hasn't even been announced. I'm really excited about Blade, but at the same time, they're eroding my desire to watch it to the point that at one point I'll go, I haven't seen Wakanda forever. I don't care. Yeah, see, I think Secret Wars is going to outdo yeah, hopefully. Um, Endgame. Oh, interesting. I think it will. Okay. I think because this, the, oh, amount, of big, super, big the amount of superheroes they're going to have to bring in, which means inevitably X-Men. I mean, it's about to Well, blow. that was actually my next question. It was like, it just feels like we can. Mm. And that's not a dig at the actor or the storyline. It feels like we're just treading water until you cast X-Men and get them in. Yeah. And then that, to be honest, mate, that will be the kick in the nuts. And I've, oh, I love that. I love X-Men are some of my favourite comic book heroes. Well, on to DC. So DC, James Gunn has revealed that um, the big uh, plan is to connect films, TV, gaming, and animation into one to make it united. Which is good because the gaming is brilliant and the comic books and their animation are fucking spectacular and yeah. much better than the competitors. The only problem is their films are dog shit. So, so. Th- there will be things that exist outside. So Matt Reeves' Batman with our pats. And he mentioned Joker, the Joker, didn't he? Yeah. And Teen Titans will all be um, Elseworlds. Yeah. DC Elseworlds. So they can still exist. They can still have their own thing. 
We still have that Superman then, James. Come on, let's be honest. We still have Henry Cavill. Come on. Which is fine. I liked that he said that, like Elseworlds and the DC. Mm. And that makes sense to me because then you can still have standalones, which, let's be honest, the best thing about DC has been the standalones, Batman and the Joker. And we, you know, and we may, we may then get the the ending to the um, Justice League that that itself. I don't think we will purely because. I think they're going to want to do this because when you get onto it and they start talking about Batman and Superman, he wants to do the big stories in comic well, books. Well, so he, what he said is really interesting. So the first four, he, he says that they've been lucky. Shazam has never in has never intersplashed with the rest of the DC Does that sound universe. like they're selling it? They're just coming off and going, Shazam's coming out, but it's nothing to do with us. It, right, so what they're saying is Shazam's coming out and it will lead to the Flash. Yes. And then the Flash resets, resets. everything. Which makes sense because the biggest storyline in, in DC comic books, other than the new 52, which is when they reset the universe, is Flash going back in time, stopping the death of his mother and basically creating... Let's be honest, the best DC universe you've ever fucking seen, mm. where Superman's kept in a cage by the US government and Batman's dead. His mum's the Joker and his dad's is a vigilante that goes around as Batman shoots people. It's so fucking phenomenal. And people have been screaming for the Flashpoint film or TV series for fucking years. So it looks like we're getting Keaton and all that that we were promised with the Flash movie. I th- that does mean that as a passion project, it, although it being a 500 million pound passion project, <laughs> you could get Zack Snyder finishing off his trilogy because it's an Elseworlds film. Possibly. But I don't think at this point you're getting back people like Jesse Eisenberg. You'll get, obviously, Affleck and Cavill. The, you know, Cavill, but yeah, I don't think you'll get the other people I don't you think need. you get Gal Gal Gadot. I think she's. Gone. I think she'll wash her hands of it yeah. now. Yeah, um, but that resets it, and we'll introduce Supergirl as well in the Flash movie. So the Flash movie has got loads coming into it. It's probably going to be the big linchpin. Shazam! I think they've just said it's a fun movie. Let it re-release. It's an expensive movie. Let it get out there. Yeah, and so they've reshot I, bits for it as well to lead into the Flash. So I kind of understand that, and also a lot riding on the Flash and his ability to run through time. They have said that he resets the universe, so we know something's going to happen. But then. And I know Superwoman's in it. And I like what they're doing with Supergirl or Superwoman is that she's been on the planet longer. She wasn't a child, so she doesn't fetishize Krypton. Apparently she's quite run down and she's like, she's seen, she's wary of the world. Imagine that, like a super-powered being that's basically bit fed up of the world. I'm interested. Well, J- James Gunn says, whereas Superman was raised with loving family on Earth, Supergirl's narrative is going to be that she was born on a piece of Krypton. Yes. It's just saw destruction. And so I, she's a jaded character. I genuinely want to watch that. I think that's brilliant. So that's going to, so yeah, you know, so then but Blue Beetle comes out. Blue Beetle, which is not the biggest comic book, but then, you know what, James Gunn did this. And when people are going, why are they doing Blue Beetle? Why are they doing other ones that you've not heard of? And there's one you're about to say, and I'm going to gush all over. But let's be honest. We didn't know who the Guardians of the Galaxy were until no, James yeah, yeah. got his hands on them. So, oh, oh there, there were people that who have read comic books the whole life that are probably absolutely ecstatic oh, about screaming this. Right now, yeah, like, and, yeah. you know, I say this every every time we talk about comic books. I wasn't raised on comic books, so I don't know these characters. I've never heard of Blue Beetle. All I know from some very basic research is that in the comics, a one incarnation of Blue Beetle it knows Booster Gold, who is a TV, who's a, who's coming into a TV show. Um, so yeah, Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, then Aquaman two. I don't understand why Aquaman sits in this. They've reshot a lot of that as well. Oh, okay. So they've they've gone out and done reshoots. Then the eight to ten year plan is Creature Commandos, which is an animated show, which yeah. will have voice actors who are the live action actors. So they will cross over and do animation as well as the live action. So what is going to happen here, and I'm going to talk from a financial standpoint, there is a big risk here. There is a massive risk because Hollywood has shown that it's quite a disgusting place sometimes. Um, 
So you have to be really careful that you don't spend hundreds of money getting someone into a contract. I'm talking about Army Hammer, who, before he turns out that he was a sex pest and he was a cannibal, <laughs> would have made, made, in my opinion, one of the best Green Lanterns. Imagine if you signed him up for a list and you find out he was like, Ezra Miller's perfect. Ezra Miller in The Flash. I wouldn't be surprised if he uncreates himself. Yeah. <laughs> because then that would rid the massive problem <laughs> of the fact that Ezra Miller is one of your main characters. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? it that Flash is, is I think every, people are going to go watch The Flash for various reasons. One is to see how they get around the Ezra Miller thing. <laughs> um, after that, we get the TV series uh, Waller with Viola Davis and Team that, Peacemaker. That would be brilliant. I yeah, will watch that. James Gunn's wife's got to get a job in there somewhere. <laughs> She's safe. Cavill's not. Um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, and that will continue, hopefully, that narrative of B, well, C, uh, what's it? Um, C-grade superheroes. Yes. Be a bit more violent, be a bit more funny, be a bit more risky with its storyline. So when you say with Team Peacemaker, are we including Peacemaker like season two It's his two Team Peacemaker, so I think it's his entourage. Which then the brings me to Peacemaker is going to get a season. He needs to, because it's genuinely the most fun DC, the, the best yeah. thing DC have done in ages. You then get the big, big one, which is Superman Legacy. Which... Already got a release date of July 11th, 2025. I think that is going to be a reset. I don't think they're going to go dark. I, You know, where they with Henry Cavill was a bit darker. I think they're going to go Christopher it's, Reeve kind of well, good boy. Yeah, it's young, young Superman. So we are looking at Smallville, apparently, era. I had too many TV series about that. Um, but I think that's going to be really good. I really like... Superman should be chiseled and he should be fucking farm boy he should like give you he should be beating up Zod whilst giving a lecture about why it's important to brush mm. your teeth it's Batman that I want to see being dark and moody well it's the next one I'm really interested in a HBO series Lanterns I, to me that sounds brilliant it's, which it's is a fucking universe police John Stewart and Hal Jordan described as true detective yes with the Galantan Corps I want it I want that I want it that, this this to me could do it right This, you yeah. know the Green Lantern was like CGI fuck first this to me is, they've got powers that they can use, but it's ultimately a fucking horrible villain has come to Earth because their precinct is Earth, isn't it? And they're there, yeah. and they're on a tail. They'll actually have to do detective work. It's grimy, it's gritty. Mm. I, I'm so excited about this, and I'm second. My second biggest thing is I think you're about to come to. Then it's the Authority, oh, well which on. is the marvelous um, Wildstorm characters, which I've never heard of. Paradise Lost, which is a TV show based on one, uh, Wonder Woman's home planet, uh, Femiscura. Oh, yeah. Um, which he described as uh, Westeros in Game of Thrones. Yes. So I wonder if they are going for like a bloody adult thing. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, the thing was in the Wonder Woman movie, which was a lot of people's inception into Ferris Garris and, and Wonder Woman in, in that, that time, is it was like impenetrable. It was, yeah. it was amazing that Steve got there, let alone <coughs> Steppenwolf later on. Yeah. What are the odds that now they're like TV show and nothing bad ever happens here? Shit, earth ending <laughs> event is happening every time. Um, yeah, I hope it's I hope it's six episodes of them just talking about how good they are <laughs> and how great life is. Do you know what the world's modernised, but we still use horses and shit? It's yeah, like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, you got to really earn your your lasso of truth, you know. Um, Brave and the Bold, which is the Batman movie, which is gonna be which which they are taking one of the biggest. Batman stories is so they've already said he wants to use his son Damian Wayne in Damian this case Wayne, who's Robin. so who is so we're already going to get a huge story like in the they're going to have to set up who he is so there'll be some sort of prequel TV series or something there'll be something because you can't just have Batman having a child so they'll have to go through a story mm. and they, they're doing 
one of Batman's best stories. Or they're at least introducing Damian Wayne. I want them to go in justice through because that's what I'm wanting. Mm. And I think you need all of this to get there. But then it's Booster Gold. Which is what I want to see because, because he is a loser from the future. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is Nathan Fillion's role. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want this to be Nathan Fillion. I, I, when I heard Booster Gold, I've always said this, I think he is genuinely getting a bit old because I think Booster Gold is supposed to be like good-looking, young, dashing. Mm. And he kind of like fakes his way through a lot of things and then learns to become a hero when he comes back in time. But in my head, I can't get Nathan Fillion as this roll out of my head. I that think sounds genius, actually, yeah. So, it, it, the whole series is based around imposter syndrome. Yeah, and I just want him. Yeah, it, it could, and Blue Beetle could be a gateway into that character. Um, then you get Supergirl, the movie, which is based on the comic book series, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, so I'm interested in that. Sounds good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who they cast with that. Could have a lot of fun with that. And then the last one in the eight to ten year plan is Swamp Thing, which will be, which will be a horror. Which is good when it'll be a remake because they've also brought out something. But what I love most about this, and you're going to think I'm being stupid, and what kind of tickled my pickle, mate, was that it's not called DCEU Phase 1. It's called Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. And I like the fact it's named. Is that weird? No, I like that. I, I like that. It's got a name. It's, I, not, I, it's not Phase 1. It's Gods and Monsters. I'm more interested to see who the monsters are. Yeah, because we know the we know who the gods are. The gods are <laughs> Shazam, I suppose, and um, and Superman definitely, Supergirl and Wonder Woman, and yeah, and Wonder Woman, Batman. <laughs> but Wonder Woman, like, where's that going? Because you know, will she yeah. be young? You know, is she is that going to be then a gateway? Because that that's big shoes for. I mean, Batman, whoever plays Batman, the moment you've hanged up the cowl, the next year someone's coming out as Batman. Yeah. Wonder Woman to me is the only one that feels a bit too early to bring took, someone in. It took ages to replace Linda Carter, who was in, who was in the eighties or seventies, was Wonder Woman. Yeah, so to bring in someone so fresh off Gal Gadot's character, yeah. it sounds feels a bit weird. This could be the end of Aquaman. They could get rid of Aquaman because he's you know doesn't, unless or he's gonna because he's a bitch. Where's he gonna come into the Green Lantern Corps TV series? What, what goods he got? Unless uh, got gone to water, <laughs> you know. So what I love about the lore of Aquaman <laughs> is that Atlantis goes to war a lot in the comic books mm. with Themyscira. So they, they there's a story where you can have both of them. Maybe yeah yeah I I I, I think the devil in this is in the detail around. <clears throat> it's the it's the creature commandos. It's the authority. It's on booster gold. It's on those ones that you and me, or not me, maybe more than you, me don't know these characters. Yeah. So, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's how will they show them? And yeah, and if they work and they pan out and they're interesting and they're different characters and they're you know what Gunn keeps saying is that this whole phase is about writers telling stories. He did make it's, that, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. It's not about who is playing Batman. It's about what is Batman facing and what arc does he go through. And Good is a storyteller. You know, he, I think he he cast he has cast well. Um, you know, in the projects he's been involved in. You know, and and even films that he's had writing credits on, or his family have had writing credits, like Burn Bright or Brightburn, whatever that film was called. Again, was interesting. I hadn't you know we hadn't seen that. You know, wasn't great, but it I, was I, it was different. Is how do you raise a godlike child? Like Smallville made it seem really easy. Yeah, <laughs> so. but I, I I really like this this idea that Guns come out and said before any rumors or or anything like that. I'll just fucking tell you. This is what we're doing. This is what we're this and this is who we've got directed. So already he's bigger than so this isn't the first time they've done this. He is the creative head, isn't he? He's, mm. he's like the the DCEU CEO, like joint CEO. I'm sure that's how he mm. described himself at the beginning. 
they've done this before. They made Christopher Nolan the Godfather, which I believe was his official title yeah. of Man of Steel, which just seemed to be an excuse for him to basically put his name but, as an executive producer and cash in some checks. But, you know, uh, Gunn, has, Gunn is writing the Superman movie. Yep. Oh, he started. He's written all of the Creature Commandos. He's directing some of other bits. He's, I think he is laced through it. He's 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 less than a name on us on it. You know, I think he's a heavily invested. Like, if you don't like his writing, there's an awful lot of stuff that you're not going to like. But I do like his writing. Yeah, no, no, and, you do. But I'm just saying there are people out there that, that probably think Guardians of the Galaxy isn't that yeah. good. Or I think as well, there's a, there's I think there's a bit of a dig as well. There was a bit of a dig to Zack Snyder because he kept, he says two or three times in the video as well. They'll bring on different directors that will have their vision and their color and their palette and. And it felt like almost like saying, so it's not going to be the Zack Snyder show where everything is dark and everything is like grimy, you know, well, I, depressing. I'll be honest, I kind of agree with that. I don't, and this is my biggest problem with Zack Snyder doing Superman, is Superman shouldn't be a moody prick. Mm. He, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't actually disagree with that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't. Um, no, so but you are right. It is like, he did, he, I love the, the Zack Snyder cut of, the Justice League. Mm. So, you know, I don't know where I stand on that. It'd be nice. I'm with you. I kind of hope they do the, the, the I just trilogy. want to see it. I just want to I, see I it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, want my, I want to see Cavell just finishing that arc of that character. Not bothered about any other Superman spin-offs. I just want to see that, um, you know, that that Justice League kind of payoff, you know, from all put, that trouble of getting the, the Snyder Cut released. I don't think in the history of the world, have you ever seen a film company being this big a mess? No. It's weird that you've had to get a director and make him creative consultant for an entire run of films. That's weird. But it's also weird. They've had to release a video and basically say, this is what's going to happen. Mm. Flash is going to reset everything. Don't worry. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually it. <laughs> they, 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 we're fucked up. That's what they that, <laughs> that, that, said. Yeah. You, we, it's a mess, guys. It's a <laughs> it's mess. It's a fucking mess. Luckily, one of our characters can reset everything. So that's what we're going to do. Oh, but actually that Oscar winner that we've got. Yeah, keep that. We're going to keep, keep, keep that. that. Oh, you know the Batman that was really well received? Yeah, we're going to keep that. We're going to keep that as well. But also, you know, the one TV series that you love, Peacemaker, will somehow shoot yeah. on the fuck out we'll of that. Get, we'll there. get that in there. If I will, David, she ain't going anywhere. You know, yeah, literally the only person who's come out with credit. Yeah, keep that. Yeah, um, you just see, you just see, like at the end, the Flash would just grab Viola Davis and go, "Right, come with me." It's <laughs> interesting as well. Universe. This week it's come out as well that uh, some of the producers have come out with the Batgirl uh, story. I have heard some of and this. What they're, what they're coming out to say now on on the back of Gunn's announcement because Gunn was very vocal about Cavill isn't coming back now as Superman because, because he, he wants doesn't a fit the one. narrative. Yes. But no one said anything. So it's Batgirl coming out. And some producers have stuck their neck on the line and said no, because it just wasn't a good film. Yeah. So that what, what they're saying is the first draft of it before it was complete, it was not a good story. It wasn't, it said it was a TV movie and that yeah. they just could not put the marketing behind it and the money behind it, that it wouldn't break at the box office and would be more damning at this point where they need a line in the sand to say, right, we need to stop doing this. And it could have been the final nail in the coffin. So you've got to admire, you've got to admire <coughs> the executives and Warner Brothers going, going. We need to start delivering a decent project. Yeah. Because if the films were made, which it was, and had the majority of the work done on it, they've already sunk so much money in it. So you would have thought they would have released it because any money they've already bought it, they've mm. already paid for it. So you might, you might be able to crawl some back. You get, we as a human species turned fucking Highlander two into a to a very big film because it was so shit. We then went and bought it and re-released it. We as humans love a shit film. 
Look War- at the fucking The Room. War- yeah. War- but Warner are also thinking, I, I imagine, is that Marvel, yes, make, or Disney make the money on the films, but it's on all the merchandise. And no one at the moment is rushing to go buy a Batman lunchbox with Ben Affleck on it. Oh, yeah. You, you said that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, I take that, an anime, right? I, I think that's what they're doing is it's like we're missing out so much on on merchandise and crap like that. Yes. Yeah, did you hear about um, Amazon? So Amazon were asked, I believe it was a month ago, and it was just a story I saw on Twitter, so it's probably bullshit. They were asked if they were going to get into the exclusive rights of superhero things mm. and start selling them because... HBO Max is where you'll see a lot of the Warner Brothers stuff and obviously Disney Plus have got all the Marvel stuff and he said no we won't be doing that because Marvel, uh, Amazon Prime runs at a loss because the object of, Mar- of Amazon Prime is to get you to get the membership so you can watch your TV shows but that's not where they make their money they make their money on the fact that they now give you free delivery so you'll order more shit yeah yeah. so they, they, they were asked if they were going to get into uh, comic book films because I believe there's some out there in the rights I don't know who does Judge Dredd, for example. Mm. I think that's what they were talking about. Dredd's a good one to go do. I would love to. I think Dredd as a TV series would be amazing, phenomenal. Dredd yeah. stories. Yeah, but yeah, you kind of wish you kind of wish that there's some studio that owns various properties and did them justice. You know, like your Punishers, your Dreads, yeah. and didn't worry about certificates and didn't worry about the narrative that they fall into. I mean, that's never going to happen, obviously, because they're, they're too expensive to give up those licenses, but. So I'm really. I'm, what makes me most interested about all of this is that they'll still do standalone films because I'm not a big fan of everything being interconnected, mm. and, and I'm, I know with that's something we disagree on. But I love the fact I'll be able to watch a Batman film and it will just be a Batman film, and I love that because I will not, in my advancing age, be watching TV series, especially in this country. We don't have HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it was on about coming, isn't it? Yeah. But but I do think these are all connected. I do think they're going to all add up to a big bad with Batman, Superman. They all have to no. Come I together. just mean like but it's a standalone Batman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I want to move on, James. Move on, darling, to, to the next section of the show. And it's something that's been dwelling on my heart for a while now. Yeah, is that when we review films? Yes. Or we talk about films, and not just us, but some of the podcasts that we listen to and some of the reviews that we read online. Yeah, we get, we, we get. Bung down with the same adjectives. We do. Oh, it's excellent. That film was good. It's poor. It gave me fizzy knickers. Every now and again, you get the. Eh, it was. It was. It was all right. That's a good one. How was it? It was all right. Yeah, what does that mean? True. What what bar? Where, where, where is the bar of all right? I, I'd like to point out that's my review. Yeah, but <laughs> I go things like it's all right. <laughs> your all right is different to what my all right that's, is. That was a good point. I'm just saying, leave me alone. Why are you bullying me? <laughs> so dick. what I've done is I have put together ten unused adjectives to describe films. Yeah. And what I want to do is I, I want to put them out there and just see what you can come back with. Okay. To describe said film. So just 10, just to see how we get going. And, it, mm. and if it works, it might be a reoccurring feature. But in no particular order, the first one is direful. So... Fear or dread, like what film do you watch where you've kind of come out of and gone? Do you know what, Aaron? I, I think it was direful. I've never heard anyone say that to me. I've never asked someone how that film was, and they've gone, Aaron, it was really direful. I remember a time, mate, went to the cinema, went with my, my best friend, Aaron. Mm. I believe there was a whisper in the wind outside, a crackle of thunder, a slight pattering of Wayne. I believe there was a hooded figure staring at us, following us. We went inside, bought these tickets, sat down. Film began rolling. When I left, I had a dread pit in my stomach, mate. 
One could say I was almost direful after I watched Nightcrawler. That's a good call. Yeah. There you go. That's when, you, when I read when I read what Direful meant, I was like, oh, Nightcrawler, I've got two other ones. In the Mouth of Madness, because it it because it does get me. Because in the Mouth of Madness, and I talk about this like every other episode, it's, it mm. plays with the thematic storyline itself. In the Mouth of Madness doesn't actually have a storyline towards the end of the film, and that is off point. It makes you go, where is this going? I don't know what could happen. Or I remember when I watched... Netflix once and Hubie Halloween came on. Yeah, I knew I knew loads of Sadler was going to come in this. <laughs> there you go. I, I limit myself to three, but Nightcrawler is probably the the one I would describe as direful. I I put Saint Maud in there. Oh, that's a good. Oh, sorry, because from the loud, that's a very good one. From yeah. the start of that movie, you know you you know something's happening. You know something, and you know it ain't good, and it builds that sense of dread. And the other one I put was Interview of a Vampire yeah, because it is devoid of any happiness, joy or light in that Ooh, film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. And it's and not saying it was fearful. I wasn't I wasn't afraid when watching it. But it is about dread, isn't it? It is about... It, it's it's, it's, it's about a hard the, watch. It is about the fear. It's about, the, it's about your stomach, mate. So there's direful. My next word yeah. is feckless. I don't know any time where we've talked about a movie and it's been described as being feckless or weak. Irresponsible are the words... Uh, to define feckless. I've got, got two films here, but they're not irresponsible, so I feel bad, but they are definitely weak. Without substance, weak. There's, do you know what? I remember seeing this film and it, it's, its main selling point was that it was a remake. It was 3D. Sitting down and watching it, about an hour in, I believe I turned to my friend. It's a bit feckless. And that film was Clash of the Titans. Oh my God, I've put that down as well. <laughs> I did. In fact, I went as far as to say Gods of Egypt, Clash of the Titans, Noah, all the special effects, biblical slash historical films that came out somewhere in the 2000s. That's pretty You're right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, weak. Weak is exactly that. Irresponsible. I, I remember critics writing about the film Four Lions. That's not irresponsible. That's just an amazing film. What they were saying is it, was, it gave humanity to terrorism mm. or it gave... It gave audiences yeah. empathy for terrorists. Which that's not really Which is, what it does. No, it's not. I, and I think you, I think you're reading too far into it, or you're missing the point of that film if that's the case. But I think feckless, yeah, for me was definitely the the <laughs> the, the special effects clusterfucks that are <laughs> Gods of Egypt and Clash of Titans. Um, next uh, adjective, descriptive, hubristic. <laughs> Proud, excessively self-confident. Right, so what I focused in on here was excessively self-confident. Uh, in my head, when I was this, of confidence. When I was like, when I, when I left the cinema, when I left the when I left the blockbusters, and I watched this film, and it was so far up its own ass. I, I, I turned to Jerry and just went, "Hey, that was hubristic." Is that when you got beat up in the car park? Someone heard you. It was definitely the film Crash. So far up its own arse because it won an Oscar. It didn't deserve But I won't stop you there. Now you see me. A film that enjoys itself so much like it's some sort of fucking great epic. When it's not, it, it doesn't even make any sense. But I'm only I'm not even going to stop you there. The Great Gatsby. So far up its own arse. So right. excessively self-confident. I'm going to show you. I'm going to shoot now Steven Spielberg and say, AI, mate, hubristic. <laughs> and then I think gonna, it was on the poster, actually. And <laughs> I'm going to finish it off with, you were so proud of yourselves, but you never thought to ask yourself if you should. That's right, 2016's Ghostbusters. Boom! And then the internet went mental. 
I don't hate it because it's an all woman remake. I hate it because it's a shit film. <laughs> so, um, for me, I was going on the excessively self confident. There you go. And I thought any movie by Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> do you know Black Swan and Mother? Mother. So self-confident. Mother, I was going to put on here, but I was like, to be fair, I've never seen it. I've you, just heard it. When someone described it to me, I was like, fuck off. Do, do, you, know, do you know why it's self-confident, James? Why? It's because mother is pronounced, it is spelt with a lowercase m, but with an exclamation mark. Mother. That's self-confident. Um, jocular. Oh, mate. Playful. It was a jocular film. I remember it was, it was a charming film, but... I think if I had to pick a word to describe Paddington, it would definitely be oh. jocular. But then again, I've also felt jocular before when I watched Lego the Batman movie. Mm, or choice. Mrs. Doubtfire. Very, very good. Go. I've always put Jingle all the way. That was a good, good shout. It's, it's good a shout. film where like the payoff, the peril, isn't too much. Do you know what I mean? It's not world ending. It's not universes colliding or, or anything like that. It's, it's, you know, okay, a kid didn't get what they want for Christmas. Bad dads. But no one's dying unless you've, bombing a radio station <laughs> like Sinbad does in that film. I, I explained this to someone at work the other day. They just went, jingle all the way, never seen it. I went, oh, it's about this dad uh, who definitely isn't on steroids, <laughs> who uh, doesn't get a doesn't get a, a mandol. He doesn't get a turbo mandol for, for his child. And so goes, and I believe it was Georgia or Alex. He goes, so what happens? He goes, oh, I fell suddenly phone in a bomb threat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So shout out to Alex and Georgia there. Uh, five. Limpid. I fucking. I've only got one for this. Simple or transparent. The film was limpid. There's a lot of half naked men chiseled, mate. But I didn't have to think about the film. It was simple. It was transparent. It was definitely limpid. And that film was three hundred. <laughs> 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 they talk about brain dead movie. <laughs> I, think, I thought he was going to go full Monty with that. And I was going to go, go limpid. Well, Robert Carlyle was. <laughs> but no, three hundred. A film you, you. A film that you could be brain dead for and still understand. I imagine they show 300 to coma patients. Yeah, I, I had a few with this. I had Jack, Eddie Jackass movie. Yeah. Oh, that's a good shout, that is. Yeah, that's very good. Freddie Got Fingered. Oh, no, I still, I, you think you need, that's not simple. <laughs> well, it is. It is. Uh, nothing happens in that movie. I've got a question about it. I'm glad you mentioned this. You know, it's one of the most reviled films of all time. Isn't it one of the most perfect films of all time? Because that's literally, it's anti-comedy. And it's anti-comedy to the point that it is surreal. I genuinely think it's, I've already, can already pre-see you roll your eyes. Isn't it a genius movie? Freddy Got Fingers. <laughs> With Tom Green and Rip Torn. But at no point does it ever actually claim, it's exactly what it is, it's anti-comedy. And is it funny? So isn't it a genius, times, yeah. isn't it a genius film? <laughs> because it is not funny. I also put Baby's Day Out. <laughs> it was simple. It was a simple time, James. <laughs> we don't, we don't mention Baby's Day Out enough. <laughs> um, Word number six. Fucking hell. Uh, rebarbative. What does that mean? It's irritating or repellent. The film was rebarbative. Got two here and they're, and they're both, they're both, when I hear the accents on display, I, I definitely feel rebarbative. When Forrest Gump and the fucking war boy talk. Oh, are you going for the way they speak? Yeah. No, it just, throughout the entire films, but it starts when they open their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put Labyrinth. Because oh, David you... Bowie's penis was on a show and it's a kid's film. <laughs> Overall, it was rebarbative. <laughs> oh. This next one's difficult. Uh, scrum true lessons. Scrum true lesson. Yes. 
Purely because of what it means. It's a fantastic or beyond description. So I genuinely think this is how you grew up. And to me, these films that you could describe as scrum true lesson are the never-ending story. Christopher Reeve, yeah. the Superman, believing a man can fly. Aladdin, seeing the magic, the magic come alive on the screen. For you, it's probably Star Wars. For me, it's probably Star Trek. It's definitely everywhere, everything, all at once. Mm. It's definitely that. A film of magic that is almost indescribable by how awesome and awe-inspiring it is. It is reserved to me as the film that got you into films. Similar to my choice. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> uh, Arrival. Which I thought was ironic because that film was about language and I really struggled to pronounce <laughs> scrumptious lessons. <laughs> and Jurassic Park I put in this category. Ah, Jesse, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah it's a good shout. Um, cromulent. I don't know. Right. So you haven't, before you tell me what the word means, because I've genuinely forgotten these, but cromulent, I've got Shakespeare in Love and Constantine. I'm like, could they be any more polar opposites? <laughs> cromulent means acceptable. Just, <laughs> just acceptable. So that's right. So, so for example, <laughs> Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix was very cromulent. <laughs> Fucking hell. I was just reading that going, how are these two films in the same category? Shakespeare in Love and Constantine, mate. Yeah, so didn't 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 this this would be uh, alright. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah. Instead of saying alright anymore, <laughs> I'm it's say, cromulent. It's cromulent. <laughs> Fantastic beasts. A bit cromulent, cromulent, yeah. Like you know, it kind of. I think I didn't get it. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. But I then I can't. I can't deny it. the magic looked great. I can't wait for a hundred episodes time for us to have to change. Go right. We have to go back to. Yeah, it was alright. Because <laughs> because every week you have to describe a cromulent. Yeah. Cromulent beasts. Oh, uh, the next one was. Um, I think a word that we've all used at some point. We have, yeah. Discombobulated. What's going on? Yeah. Why is the crack? Very c confused. Matrix 2 and 3. <laughs> also, Tenant. Because what? <laughs> Sucker Punch. I haven't seen it. You're not fucking batshit. I, I haven't seen it because, of, because someone went, I watched it. When was it about? And I'll tell you when I know. I haven't spoken to that man for four years. <laughs> so, I mean, it's interesting what I saw, but God knows what I was watching. Um, Enemy, that Jake Gyllenhaal, Denis Villeneuve movie. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but what the fuck was going on in that film? That's a good show, actually, yeah. Bumfuzzled. That's our last words. A state of bewilderment, perplexed. The film left me bumfuzzled. Probably sat there too long. <laughs> the film was bumfuzzled because I didn't understand the storyline. I didn't understand the motivating <laughs> characters or what drove them. I was also bumfuzzled at the fact that people somehow like the film Donnie Darko. <laughs> That, yes. that'll, that'll get you into that going I fucking hate that oh, what film to kill you for that <laughs> I just I don't get that I don't understand I don't understand he, he's a I do I do like the fact that Patrick Swayze plays a different role in it yeah that's it <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it the one time I watched it no, um, I didn't write my A-level exam on it you know like a lot of film students did but you mean all of the film students did yeah um for me, and it leads us to uh, sorry, I wanted to raise. I watched a film this week that um, left me bum fuzzled. Oh, Jurassic Park <laughs> Dominion. I, so back, back when there was three of us on this podcast, he loved it, and I fucking hated it. I thought it was the worst. I remember nearly getting into not a fist fight, but a very heated argument. So you, mate, are going to set all a bet. That's about what did two. you think of it? I hated it. I thought it was cheap. I thought it was terrible. He was, I thought it was the worst one, and he was yeah. like, "No, it's really good." I was like, "You fucking not." I, I, do you know what? I, I honestly couldn't believe the first twenty minutes while I was watching. I can't believe that they somehow got those three actors back. Yeah, I, well, money. 
Oh yeah, but, <laughs> you know, but, John Malkovich didn't we? I was watching it. Uh, I was watching it, thinking. So this is the sixth time. This is the sixth time we're going to get people in cinemas to watch a, a, a storyline where dinosaurs coexist with humans. And it's not, almost, it's almost not, as if like there's been five other <coughs> five other examples of how that doesn't doesn't work. work. And not only that, now the you know the gates are down and they are they are around the humans, which leads to what would be a fascinating idea around as the film shows in the opening scenes yes the opening scenes people would be good. getting married and a pterodactyl could come down and kill someone and you're like where do you stand you just had the the, the, the leaning tower of peace on this the tyrannosaurus rex it, yeah it could be anything i don't know about you though but this film about dinosaurs coexisting with humanity and how that's going to work i don't know about you that's not enough throw in a plague of locusts this is it i was watching it going right so oh yeah right yeah there's a clone they've cloned a human okay so so the all right and Chris now she's Pratt. been hunted as well, which is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so. Chris Pratt and um, and what's uh, Bryce Dallas Howard doing their thing, and you know they're like living off the grid and the remote. All right, that's fine. Chris Pratt does that thing where he kind of smolders whatever he's doing. You know, mm. he's like Chris Pratt is either being the joke or trying to be an action hero, and I prefer him as the joke. Yeah, and that's and that sounds horrible because you shouldn't tell cast actors and and people like Jim Carrey have broke the mold and done some really interesting work, but. The problem is Chris Pratt's default of her thing is just to smolder at the screen because he's a very good looking bloke. And mm. there's a bit where he's like lassoing a dinosaur at the beginning of this movie and it, and he's being tugged along and he's like smoldering while he's doing it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then they're like, there's a new supervillain with an island. What What is with this made up world where people have islands where they're doing scientific research and getting dinosaurs on it? And we're here again and <laughs> locusts. And- I don't know about you, mate, but if I was like the president... I'd be like, right, so John Hammond's built this built this fucking place. It's full of di- dinosaurs. Right, yeah, yeah. Right, has he got another one? Oh, he's got another one. Right, so he's got two. Right, I want a list of all the islands in the world and who owns them. Right, yeah. England, the Queen owns it. Right, okay, good. Right, I tick her off. What are you doing on your island? Running drugs. That's fine as long as you're not making fucking locusts, you dickhead. That's it. And, and I've... Well, that's I Dotson as well from the first film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> I just couldn't... Do you remember that character that had that one throwaway line? Yeah, yeah, he's the villain now. Doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> and to be fair, according to movie critics, yeah, they don't. <laughs> so. but I was I was watching it going, all right, so other than that tie-in, I was like, this is not the film to bring these three people back. No. I was I, There was a moment, I was about 20 minutes into this film, I was looking at three of my childhood, couldn't believe they've gotten back to re- all these years later to... to Carry on them roles, thirty years later, nearly. Yeah, and this was the shit they'd come back to do. Heartbreaking, isn't it? It is because I was like, surely it should have been much grander than this, and it should have been a better movie, way better than what that was. And well, uh, I can't think of a of a movie series, maybe other than Resident Evil, that has a very basic premise, but but throw so much storyline at it that it's so unnecessary. Like, it's so weird. It is beyond weird. Also, I can't remember because it's been ages so since I've seen it. But even how they meet is so convoluted. Yeah. When you could have just gone, oh, aren't you the guy that started this? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Can you give me a hand? But no, it's like, oh, I was, at a, I was, I was having a presentation. I was walking around the factory. I found a little girl. Mm. It, fucking weird. Yeah. This, and this girl who's like hiding from people, who's responsible because in the last film she let them all go because she's a human too. You're not. You're a clone. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. But you are a clone. I feel like when you're on the sixth movie and you've got them guys to come back, you know, in the third of this run as well, 
<coughs> give us something special. And that felt really bad. That felt like it, they, it felt like they knew the scenes they wanted to film, the shots they wanted. And they just went, how the hell are we going to get from there to there? Oh, fuck it this way. Oh, and now we're going to go to this country and they're going to be there. And then they're going to get a board on a plane and do this. And I was bored. And it's two hours 20. It's a long film. Yeah. A, a real a shame. Shit name as well, Dominion. It, whoever wins this will have Dominion over us. I was like, yeah, all right then. Fucking I know. And that's it. You know, I said this a while back. Like, I, I'm going to start getting a kick whenever they say the title of the film. But when Jeff Goldblum has to explain what that means, <laughs> it's not good. Um, I went down a rabbit hole this week as well. Oh, no. These always end poorly, you know that, right? Of looking at uh, the best one-star reviews oh, okay. for films. Oh, that's and what cool. I thought was I've got about 10 or so. What film are they talking about? No, no, because they, they, some of them are so obscure. I just, I think... It's worth saying, are they right? So we, okay, we've yeah, never said you. we've never said one star reviews is or star rating it works because the moment you gave It's too bumfoozled. Yeah. Yeah, bumfoozled, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you gave when they gave Ang Lee's Hulk five stars, well there's I'd the there's the bar. That, yeah. How do you then talk about Schindler's list or whatever? It's it, you can't do the five star rating thing. But these are what they've done is they've taken one star mm. reviews off Amazon or IMDB. <coughs> and I want you to tell me if this is fair. Or if they have hit the nail on the head. <laughs> so in regards to Saving Private Ryan, the review was, Ed Burns is the cinematic equivalent of an almond joy bar, but without the almonds or the joy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's what they're specifically talking about is probably fair. <laughs> I, nah, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. Ed Burns is a weird one, because obviously this, 15 minutes. Yeah. The new Alex Cross movie. Is he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's Alex Cross's best mate in it. Ugh. Yeah, maybe then. Yeah, he's got a punchable face. I'll give him that. <clears throat> if it is it, one star on him, Ed Burns is true, but that's not that's not fair for the rest of the film. All right, The Big Lebowski. You get fucked. But and this is from uh, Jane Knight talk. <laughs> awesome name. One star. I thought I was hoping for a comedy. <laughs> Get fucked, Jane Nighthawk. It's well wrong. <laughs> That's fucking genius. <laughs> One star. That's bullshit. Pretty woman. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. Can we just quickly stop this? A Disney film that that has a prostitute in it. But I love the fact that because you need to be on her side, she's a new prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something that doesn't get oh, talked yeah. about enough. She's not been in the game 20 years, has <laughs> she? She's not fucking like, like throwing a fucking strawberry down yeah. all the way. I started in Amsterdam, <laughs> you know, and then, then I moved to one guy night. <laughs> just, just me hips can't take it. Um, yeah, it's real. It's a real underdog story for a woman. The one star review by R. Ronald. Mm. If there was a perfume called Essence of Fart, then that's what this movie would smell like. <laughs> One star. That's fair. <laughs> and that's just on Richard Gere's performance. That's fair, I'll give him that. This one's really creative. This is about the movie Raging Bull, an Ooh, Oscar winner. And that's a James. great film as well. I, th- I would say it's Pacino's best film. Not Pacino, De Niro's best film. Um, Unbelievable as well that the customer, um, sorry, the, the individual remained anonymous. Coward. If, you, if you're going to give one star, put your name to it. Exactly. One star. Watching this movie was like being hit in the head repeatedly with a sock full of vomit. <laughs> we went there. That's not fair. That's, that's, I, feel like, I feel like you've watched the wrong film. I wanted to say to that guy, what is a five star film then? Is it you know fucking, I mean? fucking Sharknado? <laughs> 
This is this is brilliant. The MCU is untouchable in many circles. Yes. Some people say not not you know not the critics' favorite, but the the working man's yes. uh, you know film sequence is is the MCU, but not Captain America, James, and not for B. Lewis who wrote the guy has a red face, so unrealistic. <laughs> One star. I mean, he does have a point. He's it also a, a school. He's a Nazi. <laughs> Another fact, I got no problem with the Hulk. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, green people. He's just red face. Racist. Get rid. Now this one, I, I don't think you're going to find any uh, anything other than to agree with this one. Okay. And there's actually two for this movie. The Da Vinci Code. Oh, interesting. And uh, a Mr. A Mr. Allen, or Alun, wrote one star. High speed chase through Paris in a smart car. Not exactly Ronin, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, this could almost be written by James but it's uh, an S Sander one star what could be worse than watching Forrest Gump playing a detective in a museum <laughs> fair play both of them agreed uh, Toy Story <gasps> which one first one the first one if it's having a dig at the weird human faces maybe or the fact that all of the children are Andy's face. <laughs> yes. One star. Here we go. And this is from a uh from from a Mr. Smith. Come on. Core. One stars deserve your name. Own it. <clears throat> While I'd like to believe all toys are sweet and innocent, as in this movie, I know for a fact they are not. <laughs> Mr. Smith has seen some things. He's seen some shanning. <laughs> this, this is a personal favourite of mine. I still can't go over that In fact, one. in this one, in this one, in this one, I'll tell you what the one, the reason for the one star, and then you tell me what film they're talking about. Okay. All right. So it's just two words. Yeah. It's one star. No boobs. <laughs> what film are they talking about? <laughs> Hotel Transylvania 3 <laughs> Obviously Here's what we could all agree with One star Aquaman <laughs> It was Oh sorry I thought it was here <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the movie Aquaman One star uh, Says Richard Baker why is he wearing jeans in the ocean? <laughs> uh, I agree with the majority of them. This uh, one star review comes from a Jeanette and it's about the movie Jaws. Ooh. I'm 35 <laughs> and have witnessed seven sharks destroyed by being blown up. The shark was blown up at the end of this film and wasn't very realistic. <laughs> What's her Jeanette's name? seen some the shit. Fuck is Jeanette. <laughs> Wait, well, you fucking hunt her down and you realise she works for fucking SeaWorld. <laughs> That's Jesus it. Christ. Oh. This is from Mike. Just says Mike P. And he gave Peter Rabbit a one star review, James. I agree with him. <clears throat> I was watching Peter Rabbit in the cinema, but then had a wet fart, so I had to go home and change my pants. <clears throat> one star. <laughs> I think the film did do that to you. 
Th- these these two off the back are are juice. I feel I feel like these were the same person leaving these one star reviews. Cats the musical, one star. Not enough ours. Too many cats. <laughs> then, Agreed. But then Pet Cemetery, one star. Not enough pets. <laughs> Very misleading. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan of Creed in 2015. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a review, but um, not this Amazon customer, James. You left a one-star review on the on uh, on Creed <laughs> after watching Shrek before this movie. It was not even comparable. I would recommend this movie for Rocky fans, but make sure you watch this before you watch Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. That's genius. The first track, though. No, not when it sold out. Yeah, they sold out after that. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, it's a good shout recommending that to Russian mm. fans. <laughs> what was your favourite Saw movie? The first one. Well, Saw 4, in from 2007, upset this uh, customer who goes by Evil Monkey. Oh. I watched this movie. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Monkey to you. I watched this movie, then my cat died. Was that supposed to happen? <laughs> He's also he also left one other review for Big Hero Six in 2014, where he said, "What happened to the other five? <laughs> Mate, I can't do any more of these. I'm fucking crying. Got one more uh, from a Asa Walker. I think that's how you pronounce it, Mister Walker, Mrs. Walker. They Walker gave a one star review to Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Reason: The mission was not impossible. <laughs> That's the sort of anal we all aspire to be. I know. Oh. So that that I think that's gonna be my new hobby now is just reading one star reviews. Got gotta say though, Hotel Transylvania 3 does not have any boots. Yeah. So yes. You are correct. Technically correct, the best kind of correct. Mm. Oh. Well that's our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. If you liked it, don't forget to leave us a review. Subscribe and get a new episode each and every week in your inbox. Next week, who knows? But whatever it is, we'll be there together. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.